Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Right now. Welcome to Lead Lap. We are happy to be back with you on, boy, this is a busy Monday night, man. We have got so much going on tonight uh, between our show that's going on here in the WSIC studio for the next couple of hours. We've got the NCAA championship game between a pair of Tigers. Uh, Well, I want to correct you on that real quick. We do have a pair of Tigers, but one of them is the Tigers. The other one's Tigers. Okay. So we have tigers. They're just pronounced a little bit different. We have a pair of tigers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go there with James Mellick, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. I had to go there. The teardown specialist at LFR, Levine Family Racing, for those of you who don't know, uh, is our producer. And, of course, uh, Daniel Wilk, Legends Racer, is uh, joining us in uh, the studio tonight as well. And, like I said, between that and then we've got opening night at the Chili Bowl going on, uh, the first night of qualifying Lots of big names in action tonight. Well, and every night this week for the Chili Bowl. Um, So excited about that as well. But the good news is that you don't have to make choices here. You can easily catch this show uh, if you'd like to kind of flip back and forth. That's fine. Uh, You can catch us on demand tomorrow uh, on any of the major podcast platforms. Just search Race Chaser Radio. And uh, we'll also have the link on our Race Chaser Media social media um, as well. So lots to talk about. A lot of news today. Silly season continued. Some questions that we have been pondering for literally months were answered today. And one of them was kind of straight out of left field. So we'll, uh, we'll get into all of the news a little later. We also had a tweet over the weekend that uh, actually a series of tweets, but the main tweet I want to react to is Doug Kobe's. Um, and it referenced the iRacing Media Day that took place here in Charlotte uh, last week. And so we're going to talk about that in our hot topic segment coming up in the next hour. But for right now, uh, of course, this show being brought to you by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And Austin Langenstein, one of HMS's key employees, he is the sort of um, overseer of their at-track service program. Uh, He is racing in the Chili Bowl this week, so we wish Austin all the best. We are going to turn now and talk to Daniel Wilk about Daniel Wilk. And uh, Daniel's got kind of an interesting story coming up through the Bandoleros into the Legends cars where he's been for the last few years. Finally picked up his very first Pro Series Pro Division win at the Winter Heat uh, over the weekend and very excited about that. Um, so we're going to talk with Daniel here. First of all, what, what did it feel like? I want to know exactly what you were thinking when you came out of turn four and saw the checkered flag and realized that you just finally won that first pro race. Oh, it was so much relief. It's, it's taken four years to do it. And it was just being me and my dad the entire time. We never thought it was going to happen. And it was just getting a monkey off your back. I felt like Dale Earnhardt after 20 years of him trying to win the 500. <laughs> I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was, I was 
Well, I can't, it can't explain it. I don't know if every man and every crew came down pit road to salute you, but there were certainly an awful lot of people who were happy for you. Um, you know, you guys, you and your dad, and, and you know, look, I, I know your dad loves to sort of diminish this, but the truth is, Daniel, that you and your dad doing this the way that you did in the, I love the way your dad used to phrase this, the dad done car for so many years. And you were running up front in the pro division in the shootout, summer shootout against the best in legends. And even last year we had a couple of cup guys show back up. We had Bubba Wallace come back. We had William Byron come back, I think for a race, pretty sure. And you know, those guys obviously were legend champions and you were still running right with them and, in fact, had a chance to, I would argue, had a chance to win one of the races last year. Um, so even with, you know, your dad is the mechanic who's not really necessarily a, a, a mechanic by trade uh, as far as the racing side goes, um, you were still running well. And the memories that were made in that experience and, and thinking back even to your Bandolero days when you had that huge huge year with all the wins. What was it like to just kind of do it with you and your dad and having to do it out of your trailer, literally? Yeah, it's it's been an experience the entire way, like starting from the bandos when we were first doing it together when I was really young and till now it's just, it's a mindset, just knowing every time you're going out there, you don't have the best equipment, but you're going to try your hardest to try to win that race. And uh, it's just been the same thing since day one. We, did, we just never give up. Well, and see, you know, you're, I consider your dad a real great friend and, and you as well. And, and I just think that um, seeing that kind of thing, that's what racing at that level is supposed to be. Um, so you had a tremendous amount of success with your dad. And, and even to go back, let's, let's kind of bring, bring everybody through your career a little bit. You started in bandos, right? Yeah. Officially. Yeah. Um, and you just kept progressing until you finally... You had a year, what'd you win, seven, eight? Seven in a row. Seven in a row, yeah, okay. Um, out of the, the 10 race shootout, summer shootout series, I mean, you were just on a roll. What, what do you remember about that? Because you had some great competition. Yeah, that year was just special. Everything fell correctly how it was. I mean, we just we really don't know what happened. Everything kind of, after the two years, three years being in a bando, just that year, everything clicked together, and it was a magical season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I the thing I remember most about that year um, is that you got to a point, Bojangles sponsors the summer shootout, and they used to hand out, you get uh, gift certificates, and you got to a point where you had so many gift certificates that you decided, I don't need all of this. Um, so tell everybody what, what you decided to do that year with uh, the, the, the gift certificates that you were getting for winning. We had, I think it was about over $800 or $900 of Bojangles gift cards, and I figured I'm not going to eat all, so people who are hungry in shelters deserve that food, and I gave a, most of it away to them. How did you do that? Tell, did you go to the shelters and pass it out, or how did that? Yeah, we went to, we bought it in big boxes and brought it over there and distributed it to each person. What was that like? That was pretty magical, seeing us how happy they were to get what they needed, and it just it made me feel really good. Yeah, it's, uh, I wish more racers would think like that. That was, that was awesome. And, and, and then coming into the Legends, I think you knew that you were, you were kind of in a different situation because obviously in the Legends you've got your, your, your teams that are kind of the arrive and drive sort of things with, with the big folks who set up bunches of cars and all of that. And you guys didn't have that. What was it like starting out racing against um, 
kind of that that bigger competition. It was definitely. I mean, it was kind of. It's kind of daunting. I mean, it was like that's so much of a challenge because, like, especially our first year at the shootout, it was awful. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. My dad really didn't really know what we were doing. It was just so much of a big step from going where it was so much easier in a band to just me and him. We we know what to do, and then that was such a big jump. We were kind of lost, and we got some help on the way. But I mean, it was still a really challenging year for us. But while you were learning about that yourself, you were actually, and I think you've kind of continued to do this a little bit, you were actually helping other drivers, the Bando division. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I made sure I gave back and knew where I came from. Just I, like, I love helping people, so I like seeing other people succeed. And just knowing that I made people better just made me feel really good. Yeah. How, how about uh, the success rate of some of those that you helped? Uh, Landon Rapp, uh, he won a national championship. Yep. Bobby Elder, he won a couple of races at the shootout. And I, there's probably a few more, but I just don't really remember. So you've got some coaching skills. I guess so. <laughs> it's good that you can pay it forward. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome. Running, running this year in the, in the legends cars, you've, you started to kind of wander away from the, the typical sort of Charlotte Concord. Of course, Concord Speedway is no longer uh, in existence, but, um, you uh you went to hickory for the first time which is a big track um a very different track for the legends cars than what you were used to what was it like getting on the the hickory track and going out and running laps at speed compared to what you've been used to on the quarter miles it was it was an experience i mean it was a really special moment because how much history that track has and we were we were we were really fast that's the fastest i've ever been in a legend car and that was definitely a really, really cool experience, and I hope to come back there for the with the Southeast Legend Tour and run a bunch of races with them and getting on more big tracks like that. Well, I'm excited to see you doing that this year for sure. What? How did you have to change your driving style or your approach to driving the car when you went from the quarter mile to Hickory? It was it suits my driving. I'm a lot more of a finesse driver. I'm really not up on the wheel. I literally like that kind of racing. You know you don't have to move somebody out of the way to pass and you can actually go out and drive around them. I really enjoyed it. I wish we could have got a race, but the mother nature had to end our fun. Oh, that's right. I forgot you got rained out. You qualify what second? Yeah. We were literally yeah. lined up to go out for the race and it rained. Well, you did get to race at Hickory last year though. You got to race there in an Alice legacy series car, which for those who don't know in our audience, an Allison legacy series car, and you can go look, go to allisonlegacyseries.com, Look it up. Donnie Allison, and and his family started this series. They're they're scaled down stock cars. It's a it's kind of a half scale or a three quarter scale, whatever you'd want to call it, stock car compared to the Legends car. It's quite different. The suspension's different. When you first hit the track with the Legacy car, how much of a curveball was that for you? It, I had to put my Bandolero hat back on. It was definitely really. It, it was it was pretty. So cool. it was more of a Bando. It compares to yeah. the Bando more than the Legends. Oh yeah, it was interesting. It was a lot of finesse and keeping the car rolling through the corner, and you can actually drive around people on the outside. That's what I thought the most oh, fun was. Oh, you proved that. <laughs> you were on a roll on the top side in that car for yeah. sure. Um, it was you. You didn't have really any track time before you went there and and raced the thing, and it was a crazy day with a lot of different divisions and such. You ended up starting in the back. And I would argue that you put on the best show of anybody in that race driving through the field. What was it like to just be able to get out there and take off and go like that? It was it was definitely pretty interesting. The first couple laps, I kind of took my time, figured out how where the car was. And then after I kind of got used to it, I was like, we're going to the front. I watched, I could watch you do that. It was like you could literally see your mind working. 
you know, you were driving the car and you would kind of try this and try that. And it was like, okay, he's, he's just, he's just getting it. He's getting it. He's getting it. And all of a sudden it was like, you just took off like a rocket and started passing cars. Yeah. I, I got figured out with it. And then from there on, I was running my way forward. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk about the finish of that race and, and how that ended for you and uh, continue with more uh, with Daniel Wilk. Lots to come. We lap just getting started, presented by HMS Motorsport. We'll be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their car, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to League Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the studio, along with our special guest, Daniel Wilk. 
If you're uh, wondering what's going on with the Chili Bowl, if you're if you're watching in, us live or listening to us live and not focusing on the Chili Bowl, you are cool, man. You are a super fan because, look, I mean, if I had a choice and I wasn't hosting the show, I might skip my show to watch focus on the Chili Bowl, too. A um, couple of heats have been run at the Chili Bowl. Cannon McIntosh getting the win. In Heat 1 over Dustin Golubic and Michael Pickens. That was Heat 1. Heat 2 at the Chili Bowl also completed. And the winter is, the winner is Sean McClelland over Chase Briscoe and David Canfield. Uh, that was Heat number 2. And if we go to Heat 3... Um, let's see. The winner of Heat 3 was, my computer decides to be slow. Winner of Heat 3 was Aaron Reitzel over Justin Melton and Blake Edwards. Kyle Guerra, seventh in the Heat. Not a good start for Kyle. So Heat 4 is on the track now. Uh, so thanks to Jacob Seelman for the Chili Bowl updates. Jacob, part of our radio hosting team as well. Okay, back to Daniel Wilk. We'll keep you updated on what's going on in Tulsa as the show goes on. Daniel, um, we were talking about the legacy opportunity that you had, and you were you were talking about uh, it took you a couple laps to kind of feel the car out and get going, and then once you did that, you, you kind of tucked in. When I was watching you run that race, I had this feeling that you were about one good caution flag away from really having a shot to win that thing in your first time ever in the car. Yeah, it was. I was hoping there was a caution because I got probably around fourth or fifth, and I definitely had the speed to catch the leaders. And I was really praying for a caution. We got lucky for one, and you know uh, that restart was pretty interesting. I uh, missed the shift, and I definitely oh, had, that's right. I definitely had a I contention to win on that last restart, and I, I kind of messed up. Well, but again, first time in the car, that's going to happen. But you really did a you really did a great job, and and it was it was the kind of a race that. Um, I felt like was the typical Daniel Wilk approach. Like you said, you're not an overly aggressive. You're a very, what I would call a very intelligent racer. You're very, you're, you, you don't overdrive the car. You're very methodical about how you approach things, which I feel like that's kind of how you are personally too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even in lacrosse, it seems like, although that's a very aggressive sport, um, you, it's it's you've really taken the time to learn the craft of it and not just kind of gone out there to you know hit people or or whatever it's just a different approach for you yeah it's i kind of going i really think about stuff i kind of take a real methodical approach to everything and taking it step by step where did that come from like where did that mindset come from is this that just how you've always been yeah definitely i mean i kind of approach everything the same way and just trying to give it 100% when did you start playing lacrosse? Uh, I think in seventh grade was my first year. What made you decide to play lacrosse? Just something different. I mean, I like hitting people, so I was like, <laughs> I like hitting people and I like something that seems interesting, so I was like, So I'll football try this. with, like, more padding didn't occur to you to be maybe a safer choice or what? <laughs> uh, I guess I was a, I feel like I was a little small for football, so oh, okay. lacrosse, like, my height really didn't matter. It just matter how fast you were, so I was like, I'll try it. Well, um, lacrosse people are nuts. I've, I used to go watch, uh, what do they call it, indoor box? Is it box lacrosse? Yeah, is that what they call? Oh my, that's crazy people stuff. People are insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that is just, um, that's just nuts. Um, it's, it's, 
I feel like it's basically UFC with some like sticks or something. Like they just blast each other. Unbelievable. Um, so you what? Tell us about the whole lacrosse experience because obviously you progressed a lot to the point where you're hoping at least and doing your very best to try and end up with uh, a scholarship somewhere. Yeah, that'd definitely be the the best hope and. Guy I trained with a trainer. He used to play for the Charlotte Hounds, who was a, the former team for Charlotte, the professional lacrosse team. And I just, I'm just trying my hardest, you know, from when I started to now being a varsity starter. I just, I try everything. I went to a college showcase to get looks. I've gotten a few emails and stuff, but uh, I'm hoping to get some more. Wow, that's awesome. What position do you play, and what does that, what does that entail? I play attack. It's kind of in the name. I am just, I just play offense. I play on one side of the field and. My goal is just to attack the goal and score. That's my job. And how many goals or points? I don't know. How do they? Is it a goal? You yeah, score a goal. goal. Yeah. How many goals do you score on lacrosse? Uh, throughout high school, I think last year was my first. I got my first few goals. I think last year I scored maybe twelve or fifteen goals. But I I seem to find more assists than I do goals. I was gonna say I'm betting you you're yeah. more the guy that helps everybody else look good. That's just how you are. Yeah, I, I tend to get a lot more assists than goals. Well, again, team sport, team player. That's uh, again the kind of character you are. Um so lacrosse going very well. You also in addition to being a fine racer and a fine lacrosse player are a fine musician. Tell us about that side of your life. I'm in orchestra, I play the bass, which is Everyone calls it the Not big the violin. Not the electric bass, folks. They call it the big violin. It's the biggest yeah. instrument orchestra. Stand-up bass. Yeah. I, I'm in chamber, so that's our higher-level orchestra. And I've done the CMS All-County, which is the best people in the county. <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of calming, and it's not. It's really nice to listen to some classical music sometimes. <laughs> that, just, that, that just doesn't sound right from a 16-year-old kid, but that's amazing. Okay. Um, well, obviously the mu- the musical side like you said is kind of a calming influence and yet the commonality seems like it's all about mental preparation no matter which of the sports whether you're lacrosse you're racing or you're doing the music it's all about mental preparation for you yeah it's everything that you do is about mindset if you're not willing to put your everything 100 percent effort in you're just not going to do it your best i mean everything life's about mindset if you're just not ready for it you're not going to do good well since you since you're in an orchestra, what kind of music do you listen to when you're just kind of... Anything. Anything that's on... Everything but country. I'm sorry, but I can't can't do country music. I can't do it. No country. Man, racing and country go like hand and glove. No country. Well... We'll, 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 uh, we'll, we got Rocky Lynn that works out of our studio here. So we're, we'll try and try and see if we can, uh, kind of educate you on some good country. Cause I don't like all country. I, but yeah. I, I like kind of the rockier country. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Charlie Daniels fan, Travis Trick, Garth Brooks. That's the country I like Hank Williams jr. Um, but, uh, we'll work on that. But, um, when, when you think about your racing future, what is your, what is your goal for racing? Uh, definitely make it to NASCAR. That's every I think every hometown racer's goal is definitely make it to that top level and just keep making strides at it every time you try. How do you prepare for a race? Uh, I do lots of studying, which may sound kind of weird that I have lots of GoPro film and a lot of out car film. Give us the details. Okay, so you got a GoPro in your car. Yeah. 
and yeah. I always make sure I sometimes put it in for races. I don't like putting it in for races because I've put it in before and done bad. So I used to put it in for practice and a lot of qualifying, and I just like watching it and just studying stuff. Are yeah, not real. Just so you know, that's it's, not why you're losing yeah. races. I, I'm just saying. Um, and and it, I think the racing part would probably help you even further to get better because practice and qualifying it's not the same approach yeah. as a race, right? I mean it's it's a different thing, but um, yeah. So I would definitely recommend starting to put the look. You see, did you have the camera in over the weekend? I did not, but I have out car. Oh, you had one outside the car. Yes. Oh, so you can put a you'll put a GoPro on the car, just well, not in the car. It was not by choice. It oh, was, good. Yeah, it was by Legends Nation TV. That's I got that. Thank you, Legends Nation yeah. TV, for breaking Daniel's superstition. So you had a GoPro and you won, so that superstition's dead. Yeah. So you're going to have an, uh, uh, an onboard GoPro from now on. I guess so. I guess okay. we'll see what happens. Good. He said it on the air, folks. We're going to hold him to it. Um, okay, how else? Do you do, you do eye racing or anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, what? a little bit, but I use, I take a lot of notes, actually, which is really? also sounds weird. I do take a lot of notes. Not stuff. weird? Stuff like I did from the last race where I need to fix it and just stuff with the car, how certain ways I like the car, if it's how it handles certain ways, and then time of day, I like to write stuff down, how the car reacted, and just kind of go over that. See, this boy is good. I mean, James, you're on a team, and you've been on the pit crew side of it. Now I know you're mostly shop-focused, but you've been on the pit crew side of it. That's what you want from a driver. You want a driver who, who takes notes and who understands that things like time of day and temperature and humidity all make a difference, and you've got to be able to remember that from race to race. Yeah, there is a lot of factors into winning a race. It's not just getting in there and driving and having a good setup. I mean, tracks change when it gets sunny to nighttime, cars tighten up, loosen up. There is a lot of stuff that the driver has to take in for account in his driving ability and the way he has to attack that racetrack, not just the crew chief on top of the box. So... When the driver does his work just as good as the crew chief does, that's what leads to wins. I agree. Well, that's that's great. So you you try to go into each race as prepared as possible. Oh yeah, for sure. If you're not prepared, you're you're just preparing yourself for failure. So I try to get everything. I I like working on the car because I like to know how to do stuff and how to how to know what is what stuff does to the car when we're out there at the track and. I just I enjoy it too. I like working on the car with my dad. It's it's always a lot of fun, making a lot of memories team owners are you paying attention to this um that's because that's again that's a huge advantage to know if you make this change it's going to make the car do that you can not only say the car is tight or the car is loose here or there but you can also start to suggest what changes you think you should make yeah i make i i make a lot of the, the judgment calls which is sometimes not the right direction but a lot of times he he trusts me to make the judgment calls because i drive the car he doesn't know what's going on in the car so we have a really good connection to, uh, to make those calls. Well, it's always, to me, a good idea for the driver to make the judgment call as you're coming up through like that because whether or not you make the right call, you made the call and you'll learn from it. Yeah, definitely. I, definitely some of the wrong calls I've definitely learned from and gotten better on it. And It's just a process of learning the, what to do every time. and We've gotten a lot right and a lot wrong, but we'll, we'll keep working on it. Well, we'll uh, keep talking to Daniel Wilk, and we've got much more Chili Bowl updates coming and all of the news of the day as well and a rant later on in the program. Stay with us. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Lero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Lead Lap Radio continues, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to acknowledge mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. If you are looking for a change in your career, or maybe you're just looking for a first career, my Computer Career could be the answer. Go to their website, mycomputercareer.edu. Take the free career evaluation. And if you decide that IT might be the profession of choice for you, there are over 2 million cybersecurity jobs unfilled right now in this country. And that field is only going to grow right through the roaring 20s, as we're calling this uh, decade now. Um 
so again, my computer career is financial aid available. If you qualify, including the GI Bill, you can become a career-ready IT specialist in as little as four months, not even doing it full-time, just a few days a week, out of either one of seven of their campuses across the country, um, any of the seven, or you can do it online. So you don't have to even be involved full-time, just a few days a week. And when you're ready to go into the workforce, uh, My Computer Career has uh, hundreds of employers that they work with to try to help you to get a job. So mycomputercareer.edu is training for a better life. If you're looking for a changing career, that might be a great way to go. And oh, by the way, if you're not good at math or science, don't worry. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. All right. Daniel Wilk joining us in the studio. We've been chatting with Daniel about his racing, his music, uh, about his lacrosse. Um, how does lacrosse and all the work that you're doing on that side of uh, your life, how does that tie into your racing in terms of um, keeping you in shape? Does that, I'm sure that probably helps at least somewhat. Can you kind of pinpoint specifically? Uh, reflexes, definitely. That's a huge part. Lacrosse, you have to be ready at any time to get the ball and I mean, just comes at you really fast. And same with racing, you got to be able to dodge a wreck or make a move in just a split second without even thinking about it. So hand-eye coordination. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's something I wouldn't have thought about, but that's uh, I'm sure that's very true. And obviously the physical conditioning. Now, do you do any other training outside of lacrosse in terms of uh, weightlifting or anything? Yeah, I lift. I lift every other day and then also running, a lot of running. Do you have uh, a certain, you don't say where unless uh, they're sponsoring you, but <laughs> do you have a certain gym or wherever that you go to? Or uh, Actually, we have a class at our school where we do lifting. I do oh, it in the, in there the morning, you go. yeah. Oh, in the morning. Yeah. Well, that's a great way First to get block. your day going in oh, school. Yeah. 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 I had, I, I remember one year I had history first period. You want to talk about a snoozer. I mean, that is not, that's, that's like cruelty to kids to do that. Um, but, uh, well, it's, I feel like you're just on the cusp right now of, of making a, a, a big jump in your performance on the track. And I know that you've had a little bit of additional help lately. Talk about uh, Mark Narstad and, and uh, what he is, the difference he's made in your, your racing so far. Yeah, he gave us an opportunity to, uh, to help us with the car. And, I mean, it's, it's a world of difference. I mean, having somebody who's really knowledgeable about racing like that and to help me, it's just been a world of difference. And, I mean, he really helped us to get this first win on Sunday. How did he help you? Uh, he set the car up, and, I mean, it's the best car I've ever driven. It was like a Sunday drive in a Cadillac. And then also his expert helping co coaching me when we're on the track and just give me that knowledge. I mean, just so much better. And I feel like I'm a lot better racer now. Now, you're going to run the Southeast uh, Tour. Talk about some of the tracks that you're looking forward to running this year with the Legends car. I know Hickory's going to be yeah. high on the list. Yeah, definitely Hickory. We're going to try to hit Tri-County this year. We meant to do it last year, but... Mother Nature once again ruined our fun, and then <laughs> it rained like every weekend here last year. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. And uh, Anderson Speedway, we definitely I've tested there and definitely like to get a race there. And any other track that they're running at, I'd love to love to go and try it out. What What do you think? What has been different for you with running the bigger tracks in terms of your preparation? Because obviously you didn't really you hadn't been at Hickory, so how did you prepare for that one? Were you able to watch? Anything on YouTube or whatever? Or how did you get ready for that race? Yeah, I definitely studied a little bit of races they had there. And most of it was just going out there and just going 100 miles an hour first try and just hopefully you don't wreck. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want to wreck it, yeah, Hickory. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, but you, but you really enjoyed yourself. So I know you have a lot of people who help you out with what you're doing. So I'm going to give you a minute before we r wrap it up with you to continue. We're going to keep you till the end of the segment, just let you kind of hang here and uh, talk about some of the other stuff we we got on our list here. But um, what? Uh, who helps you out? Who helps you make your racing happen? Most importantly, my dad. I mean, he's everything. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at. From day one, he's been pushing me and me and him working on the car together. Uh, my mom, too, being there every race and supporting me. Definitely got to thank her for that. Um, my family up in New York, always supporting us, praying for us every time we're on the track. And all of my sponsors, the Pet Place, Victor Lane Karting, they got on board recently. And anybody who's helped me throughout the entire racing career, I mean, any help is, is help. I mean, money is, racing is a lot of money, so anytime you get help, it uh, it really does make a difference. It does. Okay, what kind of advice would you give if there are younger racers who are maybe in the bandos or quarter midgets or wherever? What kind of advice would you give them as far as uh, what have you learned coming up through that you can pass along to the younger younger kids? Uh, racing takes a lot of patience. I mean, you're not going to be the best one from day one, which I, I've, I've known that, especially being a legend car. I'm, just now, finally getting my first win at Charlotte, you have to be really patient with it and just never give up. That's I say that all the time. I have it written on my dash. You just you never can because if you do, then you you fail. I mean, there's no you just got to keep trying. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, uh, that's Daniel Wilk. We're gonna keep him here till the end of the segment, but we're gonna move on. We got some topics to talk about here. First of all, Heat Four at the Chili Bowl. Riley Kreisel getting the win over Sean Deskins and Gary Taylor. Uh, Zane Hendricks fifth, Cade Morton sixth, and Ryan Ellis, one of the NASCAR drivers, uh, at the back of the field in that one. So uh, uh, problems there at some point for uh, Ellis. Tough break for him. You always want to do well in your qualifying night because if you don't, uh, it puts you deep in the soup over the weekend. Heat 5, Tyler Courtney uh, getting the win. Wesley Smith, John Kilmer, second and third. Um, Cody Hayes, fifth. Andrew Carlson, seventh. Just a couple of other names in that one. Um, so Chili Bowl action continuing. I don't know if we've got just trying to look here to see. Uh, looks like uh, they're still in Heat 6 at this point. Um, We'll uh, kind of keep you updated as the heats um, keep going on night one of the Chili Bowl. Over 340 entries. I think we might have hit 350. Um, heat race is now over. Um, latest post I saw from Jacob Seelman. Um, top. Yeah. Go ahead. Jake. Kevin Thompson Jr. led from start to finish in a minute thirty in a minute thirty five in heat his six? heat race. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he took his heat race. Um, so. Uh, uh, top four in passing points, uh, Aaron, Sunshine, which is Tyler Courtney, Briscoe, and Cannon uh, were the top four in the passing points piece of it. And um, Heat 6, uh, Paul Nienheiser, Corey Schutte, Zach Dom, um, top three there. And it looks like uh, yeah, Kevin Thomas won Heat 7. Brady Bacon and Trey Marcham second and third in that one. So there's your catch-up on the Chili Bowl. Um if you had a chance um, to run the Chili Bowl, would you go out there and jump in a midget and go give it a shot? Oh, Mr. Sure. Wilk? for sure. An opportunity is opportunity, and especially such a so much history at that track. I mean, it would be awesome. I couldn't. I love racing dirt. I mean, if I could an opportunity, any dirt car, I'd love to do it. Now, you did run a couple times at Millbridge in a mini outlaw, right? Yeah. 
Um, how did that compare to the Legends? Completely different. That was that was a lot of fun. I wish I had more opportunities to do that, but being out there on a Wednesday night and just getting dirty, that was awesome. So you say that you want to head toward NASCAR, but you love running dirt. How do you reconcile the two? You'd just rather go to NASCAR if you could, but you would run dirt if the opportunity came up? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, anytime I get a chance to get in a race car, you can't say no. Well, I got to tell you, it's uh, it definitely is... A whole lot of fun on the dirt side of things and a lot of opportunities there, too. The Chili Bowl, obviously, an event unto itself. I mean, there's nothing nothing else like it. There is nowhere else in the sport that you can go and compete against over 300 other drivers, at least from an oval track standpoint, anyway. And uh, it is quite a unique event. So we'll keep you updated on the Chili Bowl as we go. News of the day. There was a lot of news today. we got a couple minutes left in this segment. And you and I were talking about this before the show. Todd Gilliland, we have been waiting since the end of the year to figure out where Todd was going to land. We all thought it would be back at DGR driving for his father, David. Um, And then we didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And we kind of wondered, gosh, it's a month from Daytona. When is, when is, what's Todd doing, if anything? Well, question answered. Brand new Truck Series team being formed for 2020 by Front Row Motorsports, who owns uh, two cup teams, actually had three last year, um, two this year, and Todd Gilliland being uh, the first driver for their new Truck Series team. Should be interesting, James. I'm kind of intrigued to see where this goes because they've got Joe Leonard crew chief in the effort who's um, been around the block a little bit, um, and I, I think... This could be a fun team to watch. He's going to carry his father's old number, 38, um, and it's a full-season deal. Yeah, it could definitely be something fun to watch. I agree with you on that. Um, and when I saw it come out, you know, the first thing that came into my mind was um, was he already had a relationship there, David did, for driving there yep. with that team. And then also Bob sh- having to, I don't know if you want to call it shutting down, but having to back down from three cars to two cars and wanting to keep those employees uh, employed with him. And I think that had something to do with it as well. And all that friendship came together, and um, they built it. looks like it could be a strong team for him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, what do you think, Daniel? Has Todd got a shot at the championship run here with this team or what? I mean, I've seen what he's done before, and I, I definitely think he does. I mean, he's a great driver. He's young talent coming up in the sport. Yeah, and uh, like I said, having John Leonard as his crew chief is going to be a pretty uh, big deal for him, a veteran crew chief um, who was an interim crew chief for you guys at Levine Family Racing um, before moving back to RCR in an engineering role. So we've got more news to talk about. We had a Derek Krause landing. We'll tell you where he's going to be in 2020 right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color it, 
color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Still waiting for word on young Jesse's plans for 2020. He is in the Toyota uh, development program. And so they are uh, still working through things for his 2020 plans. And uh, hopefully we'll have some announcements on where uh, Jesse's going. He is a young California racer, ran uh, a heavy midget schedule last year with Keith Coons Racing, as well as a lot of other open wheel kind of stuff and some SRL Southwest Tour stock car stuff. I suspect that you'll see um, perhaps some additional uh, opportunities on the stock car side going into this year, but we'll see where that falls. Um, Looking forward to uh, seeing that. Tom Baker, Daniel Wilk, and uh, James Mellick, we call him Red, uh, all in the studio here and going through the news here. Um, we talked about Todd Gilliland's opportunity with front row kind of coming out of left field. Here's a news story that was announced today quietly that really wasn't. I, I always say about stories like this news that really had news because we all believed it was coming. We were just waiting for it to be announced. Derek Krause and Bill McAnally have teamed up again to field this time a full-time truck series entry. 
uh, in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. That is a mouthful, oh, by the way. Um, Krause is 18, obviously. He is a cheesehead from Wisconsin. No, I didn't insult him. He's a That's what we call people from Wisconsin, a cheesehead. Um, and I assume a Packers fan. They won yesterday, so he's probably pretty happy. Uh, Derek's going to be full-time in the Truck Series. This, to me, James, is a perfect situation for Derek Krause. One, he and Bill McAnally have been together for the last two years out West doing the K&N now called Arca West stuff. And he is the, well, he won't be defending, but he is the last year's Arca Menard Series West champion. Now he's full-time in the trucks. He ran well in his starts this past year. I feel like this could be a huge surprise uh, team that that people need to pay attention to because McAnally, they've got great equipment. Uh, of course, it's Toyota. And Derek, I think, is a very capable driver. Yeah, they've built a lot of champions out there, Bill McAnally Racing. I mean, they had Eric Holmes out there, Chris Eggleston, just to name a few drivers that they've had out there that have really ran good on the West Coast with McAnally. So uh, they have a great program out there to, to develop drivers. Krause has been there for a long time. And I think to take a driver that's been there with you to move up to that next level is the correct move for them because that gives them something to build with already. Um, but something you didn't mention in there was maybe it does in the article, where are they going to build their trucks out of? Are they going to move to North Carolina and operate out of a no. shop here, or are they going to do everything their own out there? Well, I, I'm good. I, I said no, but I'll say yes and no. McAnally's not moving. What they've done is actually quite clever. They put together a technical alliance with Hattori Racing Enterprises. I was wondering if it was Hattori or if it was with uh, KBM, but yeah. KBM teamed so, up with... So the um, BMR trucks will be fielded out of the HRE shop. Okay, because I know that KBM just teamed up with Stuart Friesen. Yes. So I was wondering, was it going to be another well, KBM truck? And that how was a deal. Here's, here's what happened with, with Friesen, then we'll get back to Krause. Stuart Friesen, um, his team owner, had been they'd been working with GMS as basically a technical alliance um, with GMS equipment, basically. Well... For this year, GMS added two full-time truck teams, one for Tyler Ankrum and the other for Zane Smith. So the... And then uh, they got that fifth truck, don't they, that they're running that partial schedule well, part-time, with? part-time, Sam Mayer. Sam and, Mayer and them. Sam Mayer and company, um, to be determined. And so that's uh, that opened the door, I think, for Friesen and his team um, from Homar to... To do something different, and I think they were interested in owning their equipment and just f- farming it out to you know to someone. So in other words, they they have now I think bought KBM trucks. Okay. They have their own set of KBM trucks. They're going to get KBM technical help, and that's that's how they're going to roll. And I I also would guess that they probably either because either because GMS said so or because they just decided that maybe the playing field over there got pretty crowded, so maybe we better try to find something else. And I don't guess that uh, an association with KBM is actually a step down. So, no, I'm going to say that's, you know, that's a pretty good move. A, you know, a good yeah. move for them. Um, back to Krause. So we have a technical alliance here between McAnally and Hattori Racing, 
But there's another important piece to this, I believe. Kevin Bellacourt is going to be the crew chief. Now, Bellacourt was Justin Haley's crew chief in the KNNE series a few years back when Justin ran. And then also, I think he went to um, ARCA, or I forgot what Justin's next step was, but I think Kevin made one jump with him um, for a bit. But um, And Kevin also was Krause's crew chief in each of his truck starts this past uh, year. So um, Kevin Bellacourt's going to be the crew chief, and I think... That's going to be a big key to a fast start and, and a lot of comfort for Derek Krause. This is not a situation where Derek comes in with a big check that his daddy or his grandpa wrote. The sponsorship for this comes from Napa, from Enios, from Scusa, from Shockwave. Um, and they've got a few more they're going to announce. Um, so this is, this is a put-together team that's going to make a serious run at the championship and I believe Derek Krause uh, has the opportunity to go out and really get off to a fast start. And you're nodding over there, Daniel. Yeah, I'd say so. I saw it in the Canaan East Series, um, West Series, and I definitely think with that team they have a shot. Had two top ten finishes uh, in five starts last year, an eighth at Phoenix and an eighth at Dover. Phoenix, by the way, is now back to being called Phoenix. There's another news item I don't know if we've gotten to talk about on this show. Um, ISM, who was who is partnered with Phoenix Raceway and had the naming rights last year, ISM, ISM Connect, they just restructured their situation with the Speedway. They're doing a lot of the same things with regard to their videos and things like that, that they're doing, they changed their business model a little bit and just gave up the naming rights because they didn't feel like that was any longer um, a, a good opportunity for them. So still partners, it's just different now. We can all go back to calling it Phoenix Raceway. Yeah, ISM sometimes <laughs> got a little confusing to a few people. Yeah, well, it was tough back when Charlotte was Lowe's, too. Yeah, I that mean, was confusing, too. People still wanted to call it Charlotte. And then about the time we got used to it being Lowe's after, like, you know, years of Lowe's sponsoring the track, Lowe's decides not to sponsor the track anymore. It just goes back <laughs> to showing that people don't like change. <laughs> yeah. It's we don't like change. Exactly. Once we get used to something, we don't want it to change. Yeah. And that just, it was a change that uh, people weren't accustomed to. And, you know, now it's back to what people are used to saying, although it is still a great partnership with ISM and Phoenix. And uh, that's always good to have, though. So if you look at the makeup of the truck series going into 2020 now, we've just had two announcements now Gilliland obviously has raced the series for a couple of years but this is a brand new team that he's racing for with front row motorsports Derek Krause comes in with a brand new full-time team with Bill McAnally okay so you got two brand new full-time teams you've got Derek Krause now full-time in the series moving up Ankrum again full-time in the series moving well I guess he was there last year didn't intend to run full-time but managed to not only run full-time but make the playoffs and almost get to the championship round. You got Zane Smith now full-time in the series. This truck series going into 2020 is stacked with really competitive young racers with a ton of talent. This is going to be really interesting to watch. You got two new drivers on the KBM side of things too with uh, the Canadian Rafael Assard and also Christian Eckes who has proven he can run up front and chase wins in the truck already. I mean, this truck series is going to be awesome to watch this year. Yeah, I think it's been a, quite a few years since we've had a stacked truck field. Uh, I can't tell you exactly how far back it was, 
Uh, most of the time when the truck season starts, you look at it and you can just pick one out and say, that's probably the guy that's going to win the championship because he's either A, the defending champion, and he dominated the year before that, or he's just just hands down in the best equipment, best driver out there. Ty Majeski, another big-name um, young star that has a chance to make a huge impression coming in full-time for Nice Motorsports, replacing Ross Chastain, who may or may not run some truck starts for Nice. That has not been determined yet uh, definitively, but still may. He is running full-time in Xfinity uh, for uh, Colleague Racing and also on the cup side running some races as well and running Daytona in a third Chip Ganassi car that's kind of being run through premium motorsports, but um, Spire or it's, Spire, yeah, seventy seven, yeah, not premium Spire, um, the seventy seven car, and you know, but it's going to be Chip Ganassi stuff. So yeah. I think that car is going to be very competitive. Oh, and that reminds me, his teammate on the Xfinity side, Justin Haley, just announced uh, as a, a competitor at Daytona Colleague Racing. After we all said last week. Well, but Colleague doesn't want to go to the Cup Series. Well, <laughs> they're going. <laughs> that shows you what we know. Then they come out with an announcement that says we're going to Daytona, and Justin Haley is going to be in the car. Uh, I am so excited for Justin, the Fraternal Order of Eagles being on it. He won at Daytona last year, and this is a serious effort. Yeah, that makes me wonder right there. Are they going to put a car in all the plate races, or sorry, big track races because they don't call it plate racing yeah, anymore? Not plate racing because uh, there are teams that Super do that. Speedways. There's teams that go buy these speedway cars and they just run yeah. the speedway races. That makes me wonder if they me. do that. Wouldn't surprise me. Oh, and one more, David Reagan uh, is coming back and it, with Rick Ware Racing for Daytona as well. That news came out. Uh, and in the past week as well. So a lot of stuff going on in the newswire. Uh, Daniel Wilk, thanks for being a part of the show tonight. We had a blast with you and looking forward to having you back again during the season. Thank you much. It was a lot of, lot of fun we had on the show today, and uh, I can't wait to come back. Well, we'll definitely have you back soon. We're going to step aside. When we come back, it is time for Tom to sound off on a hot topic from over the weekend. So stay tuned for that and more as Lee Lap continues, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Don't go anywhere. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. <laughs> Say Tyler Ingram's name, and he his voice pops up. Um, welcome back to We Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. This is our number two, um, and uh, need to get back to the uh, Chili Bowl, see what's going on here. We'll do that in just a few. I uh, wanted to talk about something that happened over the weekend. I normally don't get involved too much in Twitter fights because, honestly, I feel like oftentimes... Twitter is sort of just a a platform for keyboard cowboys in a lot of ways to just get uh you know get involved in things and just start trouble pretty much. But I need to comment on this because it came from a source number 1 that I don't expect to uh I I know that Doug Kobe is controversial often and I love Doug Kobe for that. I'm a I'm a huge Doug Kobe fan. We've had Doug on the show quite a bit. Doug is um, a multi-time champion in the NASCAR modified tour, uh, and normally I agree with Doug. <laughs> um, so when I talk about what he said, I want to start with the understanding that one, I'm a fan of Doug's. Two, I. I normally agree with Doug three. I totally respect his right to comment in any way he sees fit. Um, and, and, and also I can kind of appreciate the big picture or the very base premise of what he said, what he, what he commented on. I'm going to read you his tweet. 
Um, and then we'll, we'll have some conversation about it. The tweet says this. Today on social media, at Jay Bonsignor, and that's, uh, th- that is, of course, Justin Bonsignor who runs the tour, and I saw people who drive race cars on all caps computers having media days, in quotes, announcing sponsorships, in quotes, with Junior Motorsports and hanging out with Denny Hamlin on Lake Norman makes now get this carefully hear this makes real race car drivers period want period two period puke period now i can appreciate a racer looking over here at all of these younger drivers who are now starting to filter into race cars after having experience with sim and the concept that they're kind of being lavished as if they've done something amazing. I can appreciate the mindset of an I don't want to call Doug old, but I'm just saying a driver has been around a long time and an older driver, I'm 52. That whole concept is obviously, you know, I look at it in wonderment too. So I can appreciate the mindset where that would come from. With that being said, I completely disagree with the sentiment of it. One There were a lot of comments, and I'm going to read you a a, a tweet reaction in a moment to it. There are a lot of comments that are comparing this, comparing iRacing to Madden or whatever other video game that you want to play. iRacing is not a video game. No, it's not a video game. And the thing I find funny about that whole thing that you just read right there, and this is definitely not a knock towards anyone, but my initial reaction when you read that was he said, makes real race car drivers want to puke. Well, didn't they just say they were hanging out with Denny Hamlin and yeah. talking about Dale Jr.? <laughs> exactly. And Dale Jr. is one of NASCAR's most iconic drivers ever. I, yes. I mean, I'm just saying. And yes. they seem to be supporting this. So that's no knock. I'm just, that's well, my first reaction. And Dale Jr. is an avid iRacer. And Dale Jr. fully believes in the correlation between iRacing training and getting into the, into a seat, the, the sim to seat concept. Now, look, again, this one is a sim game and the other is a video game. So the comparison of iRacing to whatever video game, whether it's Madden or whatever else, um, to me is an apple to an orange and... It's just an uninformed analogy. It's it just it's not a factual analogy. No, a sim race car that these um, Chevrolet and Toyota and Ford build is a model that simulates everything that millions and millions of dollars is are yes. spent on yes. to help develop uh, the best product they can. I mean, it's a tool. It's the exact Correct. same thing a computer is to an engineer. Correct. A pencil is to a writer. It's a tool. I racing. Is mental training. 
Um, and drivers all over the world in all forms of racing have driver engineers or driver coaches who do mental training with those drivers. Okay. And it's teaching a driver how to envision the track in their mind and be able to actually do mental imagery during the week without having to be at the track to run laps to learn how to make adjustments. When, when, and, and that concept has been proven over and over and over and over again for years. Now, in Formula One and a lot of the open wheel divisions, that kind of training is common. And those teams spend millions of dollars on simulation training. That's one of the reasons why F1 had to put a budget on all that stuff. Right. Because they spend so much money. Right. Um, now, in America, iRacing, when it started, they, they started to scan racetracks. So you literally are running on almost an exact replica of the track. Now, the cars and the setups, we can argue, are, you know, not quite perfect or whatever, but it's still... It's a tool. It's a tool, and it's, it's, and a, it's tool. a pretty accurate tool. Okay, now, here's a response to Kobe's tweet from Brian Keselowski, Brad's brother, former racer. And I'm not going to read the first sentence because it, I'm just not going to use the words he used, but... Um, well, I'll read it. I'll change the word. What facts, Dumbbell, responding to someone else. He says, I play Madden, but it doesn't make me a coach or a football player. You idiots. So he's calling iRacers idiots. You idiots think you are on the same level as real racers, and it's a mental disorder. So now iRacing and the attitude that they could actually go from sim to seat is a mental disorder, according to Brian Keselowski. You idiots think you're on the same level as real racers and it's a mental disorder. No different than, get this clearly, no different than, exact quote, kids shooting yo, Y-O, shooting yo schools because they play shooting games. You people need help. Um, okay. Wow. Dear Brian, I think you need help. First of all, Calling iRacers idiots, calling any group of people idiots, is ignorant. Isn't his brother on a simulator all the time? Yes. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah, Brad, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured he was okay. on a simulator all the time. S second of all, equating iRacing to Madden is ignorant. Two totally different things. One's a tool, the other one's a video game. Third of all, saying that the idea that you could go from sim to seat is a, is a mental disorder is also ignorant. Because, uh, well, William Byron. Now, before everybody starts sending mail to me saying William's daddy paid for all of that. I don't want to hear that crap because that's exactly what it is. Come on people. If William couldn't drive a cup car to the capability that Rick Hendrick wants a cup driver to be able to drive a car to, he wouldn't be in the car. He can have any driver he wants. They groomed William Byron to be what he needs to be. And though he hasn't won a race yet, He's been very competitive and was very competitive in his first year. Now, I know that William probably gets tired of being the poster child for iRacing because the truth is that William's also 
accomplished a lot in a number of different series from Legends to K&N to Late Models and, and, and Trucks and Xfinity. He's been a champion in a lot of those series. But folks, it started with iRacing. He went from the, the sim to winning, I think, 34 Legends races in his first year. So Brian Keselowski... To say, to compare that idea to the concept that kids shoot up schools because they play shooting games, what's wrong with you? I, that is, that should be offensive to every single person who reads that tweet. We've got to get a grip on this. Now, look iRacers having a media day? Do you know why they have a media day? Do you know why that drivers are sponsoring teams and tracks are sponsoring teams? Because there's over a million people who use iRacing. That's a big audience for a company or companies who want to, to reach a target audience of that size. It's a great opportunity for them to do that and reach the younger demographic. Yeah, it's not even just a training tool for the drivers. And I just wanted to jump in here and say this. Go ahead. I know a couple of guys uh, that back in the day, there was a spotter. And this driver and spotter would work together at the race tr- at the iRacing stuff just so their communication at the racetrack was better. Yeah. I like, mean, it's a tool all the way around. Drivers are using training, uh, sim training all the time. We've got businesses like Racecraft One. Guys like Robbie Unser, who are coaching people, drivers, through the sim to help them be better at their racetrack. We're going to run just a little long in this segment, but I've got to finish this, the, the, this thought here because I, I, can, I can appreciate at least Doug Kobe's. I know where he comes from when he, when he says what he says. But Brian, Ke- Brian Keselowski's response was completely irrational completely uncalled for and completely unacceptable to anyone who iRaces and who's involved with iRacing. Here's, here's my advice to, to Brian and Doug and all the other, quote, real racers who were offended by a media day for iRacers. Work a little harder on your own marketing, guys. Go to work. Get out of the shop and go to work. This is 2020. At the end of the day, the game has changed. If you want to be where these kids are getting to, this is just another way to find potential racing talent to mine. If you want to be where they are, then start working on your own sponsorship stuff. Okay, I'm sorry, but all of this this mess here that you can't legitimately go from one to the other is just horse crap. It's been proven multiple times. And at the end of the day, what business is it of yours anyway? It's not hurting you. Why would you even make a comment like that? Why even bother? Wish them well. Be happy for them. You know, there's just no reason to have gone to the extent that a lot of Race car drivers that I know who are really, really intelligent, good people are going to to put this down and bash this concept and and make a point that somehow these people didn't earn it. Look, however you get there, if you're going to make it to Cup, 
And once you do, you got to be able to drive. So you can go talk about spoiled little rich kids or kids that came out of the computer or whatever, all you want. Once they get there, they got to prove themselves. If you want an opportunity, go out and make it happen. Simple as that. James, do you, do you disagree with any of that? No, I think you can go from um, one of those simulators into a cup car. It's been proven by William Byron. And I think that you can go well, from one of those cars uh, and drive a car and learn from it because it is a tool. That's what they well, are. Let's They're be clear tools. here. William Byron didn't jump off the sim into a cup car. No, no, he didn't. He worked his way up to it. He ran legends. But he learned he how to do models. it from there. He ran super late models. He ran Canon cars. He ran Arca cars. He ran trucks. He ran Xfinity cars and then got to cup. And he won all three that you, all he, three of those national series. he won championships in, in many of those series yeah. and won races year, and about all, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he I was, mean, he, he he was the one that happened to be the first that got through. And yes, it was it, it was easier for him because there were resources around him to put him there. But the, the whole point of what NASCAR is trying to do here, and and it's working, by the way. So if if you're offended by this, too bad. NASCAR is trying to help. Some of the, 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 I don't want to say guys, because there could be some, some girls there too, help some of these racers that, that are William Byron, you know, that are good on the sim and have shown that propensity. There now is the belief that if we can just help some of them with some sponsorships and, and help them learn how to get up the ladder just like the rest of the racers do, um, then it's it's good for everybody because that's an audience we need. That's how we're going to get young people back interested in the real racing. Oh, by the way, we want to get them back to the track. That's why we're doing this. That's why NASCAR, I shouldn't say we, I'm not involved, but that's why NASCAR's doing this. And that's why it, it, it's happening. Nobody's going from the Sims straight into a cup car. No. That's just goofy. Yeah, so The world right now is digital. It, it That's is. where it's at right yeah. now. It is digital. I mean, and some of these iRaces, if you watch them, my gosh, they're great races. And it's a good breeding ground for future announcers, future journalists, future race directors, because all of it is, again, simulated or similar, if you want to go that route, to the, the real thing. So I just don't understand all the uproar. It wasn't so much that Doug Kobe's comment offended me, um, although I thought it was misguided, but I, I really like Doug and I respect where I, I can appreciate why the real racers would think that. But Brian Keselowski's comment infuriated me and, and just was completely irrational and, and unintelligent. And it may explain a great deal of the reason why Brian Keselowski is not racing in NASCAR right now if he's if he makes comments like that. Because I wouldn't have anything to do with the guy yeah. if I were a team owner none or of a potential spot. I wouldn't want anything to do with him if you make comments like that. Yeah, none of that really changed the way I feel, you know, but maybe it's just because I'm a guy that's on a crew and I just know that, you know, all that stuff, whether it's digital or it's real exactly. time in a car, it is all good time because you're learning something um and the money is spent either by you yourself to make yourself better and learn right. or by the manufacturer. And it's a tool. Everything is a tool. That's the way I have been taught from when I got in racing and been around it is treat it as a tool. Yeah. Now, I will say that when you start calling them athletes, 
Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I've heard them referred to as athletes. I mean, we've the problem is when we start carrying poker and spelling bees on ESPN and, and, and other sports stations, we muddy the waters now as to what's a sport, what's not a sport, who's an athlete, who's not an athlete. But I think that's more of a mental sport, iRacing, than it is a physical sport. With that being said, these, these drivers spend hours and hours and hours and hours testing setups and doing all of that and it, just like you do for an actual race. So the mental preparation and the amount of preparation to the cars and all that is the same. Now, obviously, there's way less risk, okay? You can be braver in iRacing than you would maybe be on a real racetrack. Those are things you can refine. I have not, I'm not too, if somebody can, can give me a specific case where someone's come out, come off the sim game, gotten a race car and been a complete weapon. I'm going to show you drivers who've never touched a sim and gotten a race car and are just as big of a weapon. So that's all a part of learning how to do it right. And it's part of your character and your personality and, and, and the way you choose to drive sim racing does not train you poorly unless you allow it to. So I, I, I just, look, if, if anyone wants to comment, we're going to clip this and put it out in the next day or two on our social media. Feel free to comment. Um, we're a family-friendly deal, so please uh, keep the comments family-friendly. If you want to disagree with me, go ahead. And I know there are a lot of you real racers probably will because you're stubborn, but that's fine. But that's my two cents on it. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're very long in the segment. We'll be back with more right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the Track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And we continue with the show. We, of course, spent the last segment. Uh, we talked about the tweet from over the weekend. We're done with that. We made our point and we're moving on. Chili Bowl update. Um, the. Uh, the C-Main, second C-Main, uh, Carson Garrett got the win over Ryan Levitt, Emilio Hoover, and Andrew Carlson. Um, those four moved to the B-Mains. The drivers done for the night, Ryan Ellis, Hicks, Carrier, and Fry the third. Um, the qualifier one lineup for the Chili Bowl, uh, Cody Brewer, Gary Taylor in the front row, then Dustin Golubic and Riley Kreisel. Row two, row three, Paul Nienhauser and Aaron Reitzel. Row four, Trey Marcham, Kevin Brewer. Row five, Tyler, uh, sorry, Taylor Peterson and Chris Larson. That is your lineup for the Monday night qualifier. One, 10 laps, six invert. Um, and the top six, the way that it works for the four qualifiers on each night, the top six in points in each qualifier are inverted. Should be um, interesting as... Uh, Chili Bowl 2020 gets underway in Tulsa and uh, Jacob Seelman at Jacob Seelman 77. If you're on Twitter, uh, keeping us updated from uh, there on what's going on. And Jacob will be back in the studio next week to wrap it all up. I'm just asking. I just saw Ellis was knocked out of that. Does he have any dirt experience? I don't know if he oh, does. Yeah. Or does he's he he's does? Run, a, run the Chili Bowl a couple times. Um, sure. You know, but it's, uh, you know, again, it experience is a big part of it obviously it gives you a much better chance to be successful but with over 300 cars yeah. it a lot of it is where you where you start your heat so it's kind of you know luck of the draw but then it's also who are you in a heat with and then you know how you've got to avoid all the the mishaps now i haven't I've been trying to watch as we've been doing the show, just keep my eye on what's going on there. It doesn't look like we've had a ton so far on, on night one, but you know, a lot of chili bowl is just 
timing and circumstance. Yeah, I mean, those races you know. are quick. We just saw one of them was over in a minute 35. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's quick. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, with with that many cars and that much, I mean, you've, you've probably got, if you went down through the field and just looked at driver ability, there's probably a, a third of that field that could legitimately win the Chili Bowl, the A-Main on Saturday night, but you got to get there. And every year we get a number of really good drivers who don't make the A because they're just, obviously there's way more than 24 capable drivers here. So not everybody's going to make the cut. And in these, these, these individual qualifying nights are critical because if, if you get knocked out in, in a C main or even a B main, you're going to end up in the middle of the alphabet soup, which are all of the, 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 you know, H mains, whatever up, um, L main up on Saturday. And if you get into the alphabet soup on Saturday and you're in a, in a lower main, you got to finish in the top, you know, two or three or whatever, and keep advancing to the next main and the next main and the next main and the next main. It is, it is just really difficult to get all the way to the A if if you're any farther back than say the B or the C mains on Saturday. It's really hard to get to the A main. You got to really be lucky and really fast. You could look at it two ways. You could look at it as A, you're getting more track time, or B, you could look at it and say, hmm. That owner's got to spend a lot of money to get there now because that's more tires and more gas to well, get there. yeah. I mean, and look, at, once we get to Saturday, everybody's in desperation mode. Oh, yeah. Nobody's giving an inch. Everybody's taking a mile. You know, it's a different deal than, than you know, than tonight where you've, you've got, okay, if I do, if I, if I can get out of tonight... Then if I'm in the B or the C main, even on Saturday, I've at least got a decent shot. You know, we just had a situation in this first qualifier where um, Dustin Golubic had a uh, flat tire and spun and uh, ended up um, Cody Brewer and Chris Larson got caught up. So there's three drivers already with three to go in the first qualifier of the night um, that are now looking at you know, a long road to the A-Main. So that's how quick things can happen. And again, it's about avoiding other people's messes. So that's what makes the Chili Bowl so doggone special, honestly, is that it's just not a, it's not a predictable race other than it seems like Chris Bell finds a way to win it most years. But, uh, you know, he, again, new team for C-Bell. So we don't know what's going to happen. And, and now looking at, at, at Dustin Golubic didn't even make it out for the restart. So basically he's done for tonight. So Dustin's going to be, he's going to be, you have a long, long way on Saturday. So that, again, that's just an example of, of how it goes there, but uh, it's a great week of indoor racing to watch. If you've never watched an indoor race, what's wrong with you? Uh, this is some of the most exciting stuff you'll see all year. And the Chili Bowl is certainly the ultimate indoor challenge because of the car count. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely say as Gary Taylor wins uh, Q1, um, I would definitely say that uh, this would be a good time for you to get initiated. So um, go to ChiliBowl.com and you can uh, see how to, how to uh, get uh, the the qualifiers and also Saturday's A-Main 
as well in the package. So, um, again, we'll keep you updated on what's going on from the Chili Bowl as we continue with the show. Um, we've got an announcement that we believe we believe is imminent from NASCAR. Um, I would say that we'd probably, you would have to think tomorrow or Friday or at least early next week, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see this on Thursday. Um, NASCAR is going to announce that uh, there are going to be some changes to the short track package. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about that, and I absolutely 100% believe they're going to announce changes. Whether that be with a shorter spoiler or how they're going to do it, nobody knows. But I believe you're going to see some changes to the package for the short tracks and the road courses to help improve the racing on those types of tracks. And uh, James and I will have some conversation about that and more when we come back in our next segment here on Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport. Be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. 
A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to, <clears throat> excuse me, to Lead Lap Radio, <laughs> presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. If you're listening, listening to us live on the uh, Performance Motorsports Network, we appreciate that, or on WSIC TV 25.2 in Charlotte. If you're watching us there, we certainly appreciate you. Uh, and, of course, if you're... Um, getting us on any of the top podcasting platforms after the fact on demand. Uh, and you can do that very easily. If you're watching or listening live, you missed a part of it or you want to hear it again. Um, just go not till tomorrow though, later in the day tomorrow, um, 24 hours after the show completes, it is posted to, uh, a variety of different podcast platforms, almost all of them. So Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, music, um, gosh, tune in, uh, most of the, the, the top major podcasts. I think we're on 11 or 12 of them now. Spreaker, uh, search for race chaser radio on your favorite platform. We should be there race chaser radio, and that'll bring up our channel and you can uh, get any of the shows, uh, this one and all the way back. Um, so if you missed a past show and you want to catch up, you can do it that way as well. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina, and been uh, kind of trying to keep everybody up on the Chili Bowl. Again, this is a, uh, my gosh, this is a really busy night. You've, you've got the Chili Bowl going on night one, uh, qualifying night, um, and you've got um, college the national college uh, national championship game, uh, LSU versus Clemson. That game's at zero right now. I just checked the score. Nine minutes left in first. Oh, wow. Nobody scored yet. Nobody has scored yet. <laughs> I told somebody earlier today I thought the over-under on that game would be about 92. That sounds about right. And, uh, and, and nobody's, nobody's scored. Again, shows you what I know. Um, but that, yeah, that's uh, the CFP playoff going on. And, uh, man, I mean, just, just a, a, a crazy night. Um, so uh, we hope that, uh, if, again, if you're listening to us live, you are a fan. Thank you. Um, and if not, and you picked us up after, we're okay with that, too, as long as you listen to us. So um, as we look ahead to the season, James, I want to know, I want to talk about the insider perspective a little and give you a chance to share what's going on at LFR right now as we start to wind up uh, to the season. You obviously have your driver signed. He's been to the shop. All of that's going on. Where are you in the process of getting the 2020 cars ready? Um, we're going to talk about a, a rules change here in a minute that we alluded to last segment. But before we get to that, where are you in the process? Have you got a lot of cars built? Have you got some cars built? Where are you in, in, in the process at LFR? Uh, we're starting to get cars in the door. They're starting to come in. We're starting to slowly trickle vehicles in, uh, ready for the season. Parts are coming in, and cars are, are getting That's built right. little by JGR little. JGR builds your cars. Yeah, yeah. so they're starting yeah. to come in. Stuff's yeah. starting to get ready over here at LFR. Um, we're doing the final touches there on the pit box and all the stuff that needs to go with the road guys, pit box, toolbox, all their stuff that they need to travel with. The truck and all that stuff's getting restocked. It's all getting prepped up and ready to go. Uh, all the shop guys are making sure everything is in good shape. It's 
and um, painted. It's powder coated, whatever they wanted. It's got the new serial numbers on it. Everything's checked up off in the system and it's ready to go. Basically, you're just now dotting your uh, dotting your I's and crossing your T's because before you know it, Daytona is going to be here and it's going to get busy quick because you don't get that one week of Atlanta where you used to have that one extra week on the East Coast. Now you run Daytona and you head west quick. Well, that's a good point. Again, we new schedule this year. Um, same tracks, different order. I guess we'll say <laughs> they're not they're not really going to any different tracks. It's just they scrambled the schedule a bit, and it is Daytona and and then West. Now, we mentioned in the last segment as we went to break. We talked about the fact that my understanding is that there is. It is imminent that NASCAR is going to announce any any time now um, some changes to the the package for the cars for the short tracks and road courses in an attempt to make the racing better. Now, last year, a lot of the attention settled on the spoiler and the fact that they had the big high drafting spoiler on when you're running Martinsville and, and Bristol and all the, and the road course tracks, I, we don't know what the changes are going to be. Yeah, but we don't. What I want to ask you is, will this change? Of course, it probably depends what it is to a degree, but w- do you think this change kind of makes teams scramble a little bit or have you not gotten to the short track slash road course stuff yet? So it really doesn't necessarily matter as long as they get it out before the season starts. Um, your engineers and your crew chiefs are looking at that already. They're trying to figure out, you know, what has been rumored and said. Uh, they're getting the drifts from the competition directors and everybody else on top of them of what it is. It's just not been released down the pipeline yet. Uh, so they're already kind of sort of working on sim and stuff like that, trying to figure out what, what will and what won't work. Um, so you're always trying to figure out the next step before everybody else does. Uh, I think it'll make the racing a little bit better. Uh, that big spoiler just punches such a big hole in the air uh, that it's hard to pass. I mean, we see it in the trucks all the time. Uh, they got closer, um, call it a motor package, it's a little bit closer than what the cup cars have because you have different manufacturers throughout it. But um, with that big spoiler and the nose as wide as it is on the trucks, it punches such a big hole, it's hard to pass. And that was the same problem the cup cars had last year. Now, with that change, hopefully the racing gets a little better on the short tracks and the road courses. And since this, whatever they're changing, I would guess would be the related to the only the short tracks and road courses. So it's not going to affect anything you're doing on the bigger tracks with those cars. Um, yeah, this, this is the first I heard of it was with you. So I'm going to assume that a lot of people seem like they were okay with the intermediate yeah. package. So I'm going to say that one will stay the same. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Of course, we've also got the announcement today that Eric Jones going to be the next driver to test the new Gen 7 car. Well, that's cool. Coming I didn't up. know that. I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. That also was in the news today. And so that makes how many now? I know of Joey. Well, it was him uh, and Austin Dillon did the Dillon. first test and then, um, Joey Joey did, did one the second the test at Phoenix. Um, and then Eric Jones is going to be the first Toyota driver uh, to test. And he's, uh, let's see, what does it say here? Third, uh, he's going to be testing Wednesday and Thursday. And he's going to be? Of this week, I think. Where are they going to go with Next it? week. 
uh, uh, Homestead. Homestead? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're, they're, it's the first test on a mile and a half. So um, if, you're, if you happen to be in the Homestead, Miami area, you can go watch this. Um, select grandstands will be open for fans who have purchased a ticket to the Dixie Vodka 400, which is the 2020 Miami event that will be happening spring break weekend. Yeah, it's earlier in the year. It's yeah. not not championship weekend. Yeah. So if you've bought a ticket for the, the the Homestead race in March, you can go use that ticket to go watch this test. Is it still going to be called Ford Championship Weekend, even though it's in Phoenix? No, I'm just asking. Dixie Vodka 400, and I don't think no, it would. Oh, you mean? Uh, yeah, sorry, I had yeah, the, the championship yeah. race. It, I don't know. I've I not heard either. that. Yeah, I wondered if they would change the name if they moved the location. Well, I, if Ford wants to sponsor it, I would assume no. Um, would probably say yeah. uh, only the track moves. But yeah, um, scheduled to be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday for uh, Eric Jones. Now. This is going to be interesting because, again, if you think about some of the comments about the car so far, Austin Dillon said he really enjoyed driving it. He likes the way it looks. You can see where the finished product would go down the road. Um, Obviously, the body is not exact because the OEMs are going to be able to build their own bodies. Um, But it's, it's going to be more like the shape of the street car. Yeah, for each manufacturer. This is kind of like a, a skeleton. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah, this body was an attempt. It was kind of neutral and it was an attempt to be kind of a hybrid, but um he he was very positive. Now, um Joey Logano said uh when the car gets loose with this next gen car, it doesn't come back until the driver steers the car back. So the driver has to drive it, it just doesn't come back itself he said it does not fix itself and that puts it more in the driver's hands and he liked that about it he he thought that was very interesting he said i think it's going to be challenging but i think you'll see more mistakes so it was more like the on the racetrack which in his opinion makes for better racing and more passing opportunities and see again now just taking that information that those two drivers communicated after they were in the car. It, it's encouraging because what we need are race cars that are, that are hard enough to drive that these guys can't just get in the car. And because one of the things I've observed over the last number of years, it's very hard to spin out. You don't see many of these guys just spinning from, from driver error or no. the car, you know, you you've got to make you've got to make this more about mechanical grip than aerodynamics and and so to me i think this becomes a great thing now once we get the feedback on the mile and a half and then on a super speedway then they can start to incorporate the changes and then build some other cars some other prototypes and get you know a, a handful of them probably or so together and go start you know doing that sort of thing because that's really where um that's where you see where you're going to see what the cars really do is when you get a number of them on the track and they can race each other and pass each other and that kind of thing so um i think this could be very interesting but yeah eric jones is going to be uh behind the wheel on wednesday and thursday to homestead and again if you purchased a ticket for this year's spring miami race already um you can use that ticket to go and um watch the test nine to five 
each day, apparently, uh, again, depending on the weather. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, white flag segment on Lead Lap Radio. Be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. want to thank uh, my computer career and also strutmasters.com, the suspension experts, and uh, didn't have uh, a guest tonight on the strutmasters.com hotline, so we didn't get a chance to uh, mention them at all, and I wanted to do so. Chip Lofton and his staff are great supporters of uh, our Race Chaser Radio Programming, and we want to um, say a special Happy New Year to all of them. 
Uh, Chip's got a busy, busy uh, 2020 season. He's sponsoring a bunch of cars, um, a lot of uh, interest in NHRA and such. So um, we'll try to keep you up to date and have some of the Strutmasters team of drivers on the program throughout the season this year. Back to the Chili Bowl. The third, uh, second team Toyota qualifier went to Tony Bruce Jr., Tyler Courtney finishing up in second. And the third uh, qualifier went to uh, Michael Pickens, beat out Chase Briscoe, Zach Dom, and Brady Bacon. Um, we go back through the field a little bit. Blake Edwards, uh, fifth, Tyson Hall, eighth, Cody Hayes, ninth, just a couple of uh, the, the, the drivers of interest there. And again, if you look at this event, this was by far a more competitive qualifier, more stacked qualifier than the first two in terms of big name drivers. Um, you had four in this one. So again, that's what we, we've talked throughout the show about um, Chili Bowl being just a, a scramble and a lot of it's luck and who you end up racing with. Gosh, um, as we look right now, what's going on, Cannon McIntosh went from sixth to the lead in four laps in the fourth team Toyota qualifier. If he, if he wins this qualifier, he's on the pole for the A-Main. Um, that's a big deal. So Cannon McIntosh uh, really doing a nice job so far in his qualifier, the, the fourth one of the night on night one at the Chili Bowl, James. Yeah, showing his power early on <coughs> night me. one here at the Chili Bowl that he's going to be one that's going to be real racy the well, whole time. you know, we expected this. I mean, when you put, you know, put Cannon with, with Keith Coons, I mean, that's a that's a marriage made in heaven right there. Uh, Zeb Wise and Cannon are two of the guys that I'm watching for the Chili Bowl as being um, potential winners, and certainly Cannon looks like it tonight if you're uh, into football. Oh, by the way, um, <laughs> Clemson, um, if I'm not mistaken, is up seven nothing. Yes, seven nothing. Five left in the first. Clemson yeah. up so in that one. Uh, finally, so somebody on the board. Somebody actually putting something up and only took just over halfway in the first quarter, though. And if you, yeah, really. And if you're wondering why are we mentioning football, well, because we're sitting in North Carolina. Clemson is in South Carolina, and we've got a lot of fans over in the mid south of the show. So, um, look, all's fair in in love and radio here. Um, yep. We, we, we are a racing show, but we're fans of other sports just as well. Something pretty crazy about that I just want to say is both teams are Tigers. Yeah. And both team stadiums are called Death Valley. Oh, re- see, LSU, I've never Death heard, Valley. I've never heard that. Clemson. Yep. Death Valley is Clemson as well. That's My three, Carolina so, friends are going to like So we got me three of them. You got both of them. They're both I've Tigers. Both Death Valley for their stadiums. It's just. Uh, and it all just kind of is wild to me and, how they do it. And two crazy sets of uniforms. I love the uniform. And I'm going to tell oh, yeah. you, two of the best quarterbacks of the game. Yeah, one right hasn't now. lost a game yeah. in collegiate in Trevor Lawrence, and then Burrow, the hottest quarterback of the year. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be a That's, matchup. Uh, it is going to be a matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely excited. Um, looking forward um, to seeing how the rest of it turns out here. Uh, so as we, we've got about um, five or six minutes left, in the show. Oh, by the way, uh, we just got an update. This uh, here's another thing about the chili bowl that's that's unique. There is such a thing as a flip count at the chili bowl. 
Now, for those of you who are saying, well, what's a flip count? Well, it's just what it sounds like. They keep track of the number of people who flip during the week at the Chili Bowl. And you're saying, well, why is that important? Well, because the flip count generally goes anywhere from 40 to 80 over the course of the week. Um, this is night one. By the way, the flip count has its own sponsor. Um, that's the, the flip count is such a, a big talking point that, that WWT Raceway, otherwise known as Gateway, um, actually is sponsoring the flip count at this year's Chili Bowl. It's sitting at five. Do they have an, do they have an over-under on this? And is it just like the Gatorade bet? Well, that's kind of what everybody does. They go over, over and under, under and over and under. That's, that's true. That's what that's a flip is. True. But, but yeah, they, uh, I don't know. Somebody's probably got one somewhere. I mean, you know, Chili Bowl folks bet on just about anything. So, uh, Cannon McIntosh did win the qualifier. He's got the highest uh, point count tonight. So, he will start uh, on the pole for the tonight's A-Main, not, not Saturday's, but tonight's A-Main. That gives him a great chance to win tonight or at least finish in the top couple spots and get locked in for Saturday's A-Main at the Chili Bowl. Okay, we've got a few minutes left in the show. We, we've got, we, we talked earlier about all of the news that's come out in the, in the last day, uh, specifically today, and... All of the drivers and and influx into the truck series. When the season ended, we talked about the truck series as being a series that we felt like was going in the right direction. James Mellick, you are on a cup team, but you're a great observer of the sport. Looking at the truck series for 2020, it's kind of hard to argue. The competition is even deeper in the truck series this year than it was last year going in. And it, that's incredible to me. Yeah. A whole bunch of young talent coming up and it's just, it's going to be tough with all this young talent coming out, figuring out where you're going to place it in the next few years, each manufacturer. Well, that's that's going to be a, tough. That's I an mean, interesting There is point. a lot of young talent. Well, there is. And you know, you've got drivers like Derek Krause who probably will, will need a couple of years in the trucks perhaps. Yeah. And I don't personally believe that Bill McAnally will have any interest in fielding an Xfinity series team for Derek. See, I don't know if, I don't think he will either. Cause that's going to cost a lot of money for um, Napa to do both Xfinity and a cup car with chase. That's going to take a lot out of Napa. I think. Well, I mean, I'm sure it could be done if it wanted to. Well, it could to, be done. But, but you've got Enios and a bunch of other sponsors there. But he, but but I don't know that McAnally wants to be like an all-inclusive. I, I'm surprised, honestly, that he, he's gone into the, the, the truck deal full-time. Derek is a good example of what you just talked about. Toyota, which right now, Derek is still a part of Toyota's family. Toyota is going to have to find space for him when he's ready to move up. Toyota's young in the Xfinity series all the way around, really. Brandon Jones has been running Xfinity for about four or five years. Um, he's run the last two with Gibbs, and he comes back, but he's still only in his mid-20s. He's not old. He's like 24 or 25. You've got Harrison Burton over there coming in, still a teenager, and you've got um, 
you've got uh, Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst. Yeah, I was going to call him Kevin. I knew that. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Tom. It's Riley, not Kevin. Um, Riley Herbst coming in. He also a teenager. So you've got two two very young drivers who you would guess would probably run a couple of years over there. So when it comes time for uh, Derek Krause to move up, that's an example. What do you do with him? You know, where do you go with him? Do you add another full-time team to the Gibbs lineup? What do you do with him? So it's going to be interesting. The, the truck series with the change in the motor package. Has changed the race. Has changed it, the series completely. Made it. It's just everybody has a chance that has that motor now. Right. And now the change in the pit stop rules, um, pit rules for the standalone races for the trucks have decreased the cost even further of competition in the truck series for 2020. Now, again, we can, we could argue that, that maybe not, you know, that's the greatest thing or the way they did it may not be exactly the way we'd hoped the team feedback I'm getting. They all love it. So man, I am really excited for trucks at Daytona. Yeah. It's expensive to send all those crew guys out there. I mean, you got to put them in hotels. You got to pay for flights. Yep. And you got to do all that for just uh, one race. And, and when you're a small team trying to do that, it adds up quickly. It does. Yep. Uh, lots of rumors still out of the truck series, thinking we may get a young Young's Motorsports announcement in the next uh, week or so, a uh, couple weeks. We'll keep you up to date on everything. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. here from the WSIC studio for the Inside Pass. Matt DiBenedetto will be joining us 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Looking forward to that with Randy Miller and myself. Until next week for League Lap, have a great week, everybody. Be safe, God bless, and good night. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.